Hello everyone and welcome to part one of From the Hacks preview of the 2020 Scotty's Tournament of Hearts. This season we are focusing on some of the more interesting stories among the players and teams that will be in Moose Jaw for the Scotties. In part one of the preview we chat with Robin Silvernagel who will skip the home team in Saskatchewan. We talk with Marianne Arsenault of Nova Scotia who reached the semi-final in her last appearance at the Scotties in 2018. We also chat with Corinne Brown of BC who is headed to her first Scotties accompanied by a teammate she's played with since they were six years old. We chat with Joanne Rizzo, an accomplished curler who will be playing in her first Scotties as the second for Team Galusha out of the Northwest Territories. And finally, we catch up with Kerry Anderson, who won the Manitoba Scotties with a clutch draw to steal the provincial final. So before we get started, if you've ever wondered how they get those nice graphics into the ice at Grand Slams at the World Championships and at Nationals in Canada and the U.S., well, the answer is provided by Jedi's, whose in-ice graphics from easy and textile logos to the world-famous Jedi's Full House product are great ways for clubs to enhance the appearance of their ice and to generate much-needed additional sponsorship revenues. Easy and textile logos are the industry standard for high-quality logos and are a snap to install. Meanwhile, Jedi's customizable Full Houses are a relatively new way for clubs to grow sponsorship revenues by offering maximum brand recognition to those sponsors. No one can match Jedi's design services quick turnaround times and product quality which is why Jedi's products are valued by major organizations such as Curling Canada, the World Curling Federation, USA Curling and Sportsnet who trust Jedi's to provide the products they require for their high profile events. Jedi's, they bring ice to life. Our first guest in part one of this year's Scotty's preview is Robin Silvernagel, who will skip host Saskatchewan at this year's event in Moose Jaw. Silvernagel is appearing in her second consecutive Scotty's, surprising many by winning the bronze medal at last year's Scotty's in Sydney, Nova Scotia. Robin, after what has been a difficult season for your team at times, how good did it feel to find your groove at Provincials, go undefeated there, and earn the right to be the home team at the Scotty's in Moose Jaw? Yeah, it feels really good. Uh, we worked really hard this year to... Um, get back to the Scotties. It was a goal that we had set out after last year and at the beginning of this season. So, um, yeah, it feels good to be back at it competing in our home province. I want to take you back and reflect a little bit on last year's Scotties, which was such a breakthrough event for your team. What comes to mind when you go back and think about your team's magical run at the 2019 Scotties? Yeah, it was a really great experience. Um, Steph has been to five other, well, that was her fifth Scotty, so she had lots of experience and kind of knew what to expect, but for the rest of us, it was all new, and she helped guide us along, and yeah, it was kind of just a whirlwind of a of a week. It was awesome, and we played well, and knew that we'd have a lot of tough competition, and we just came out and played our game, and uh, yeah, ended up getting a bronze medal, which we were really happy with. Being the home team at the Scotties comes with a bunch of additional demands on your time and other distractions. Now, Steph Lawton was the uh, home team skip the last time the Scotties was in Moose Jaw, and she placed third on your team. So I'm wondering if you've been uh, chatting with her, or anyone else for that matter, to help you prepare for being the skip of the host team at the Scotties. Yeah, there'll be a ton more distractions, I imagine. You know, just having that many more fans and family able to come, which is so awesome. We love playing in front of a crowd and love the cowbells and love the signs and having everyone on board with us. It's really exciting to play in that and we'll really thrive on that, but also use it as something to help us instead of make it a distraction. 
And then there'll be lots of media and stuff like that. So if we ever need, you know, for me to lean on Steph, we can lean on her as much as we need to uh, to help guide us through. And she said just, you know, we've talked a little bit about it and just really enjoy the ride. Not everybody gets to play at a Scotty's, let alone in their home province. So just, you know, fully live in the moment and be present while we're out there and have have lots of fun. To be fair, Robin, it hasn't been a great season for your team when it comes to results. That said, sometimes a team is close and they're competitive, but always seems to find itself on the wrong side of the inch. Is that perhaps a fair assessment of your season? And do you think that you may have turned the corner after your strong performance at Provincials? Yeah, it definitely was the wrong side of the inch at the start of the season. And I think every team goes through, you know, what you call growing pains. And last year at the beginning of the season, we kind of, had that where things weren't working as well as I think we all expected and then we had to work really hard to get where we were and then we kind of got on a roll and just ran with it last season and then kind of at the beginning of the season it happened again we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and kind of just fell away from the game that we know we like to play and know that we're good at and so it took a lot um, working with even our sports psychologist on why is this year not working like last year worked and figuring those things out and digging deep and still working hard and not giving up. And, yeah, now that we, we played in a couple slams and there was games that were just on the wrong side of the inch and even in a couple world curling tour events, we lost the qualifying games on last rock and those happen, you know. Sometimes it works out your way and sometimes it doesn't. So that I feel this season has just been kind of not always in our favor Uh, and then we were out in Newfoundland and qualified there and really just got back to the team that I think we all knew and really enjoy so we've just yeah been kind of peaking since Newfoundland and then played well at provincials and um, yeah just hopefully can just keep carrying that on throughout the Scotties and we're just peaking at the right time. And finally Robin what are going to be the key factors for your team if you are to replicate last year's magical run at this year's Scotties in Moose Jaw? Yeah I think we'll just have to be really patient and stick to our game plan and play our game. That's what we did at provincials and it worked well for us. We leaned a lot on our experiences from last year to carry us forward. There's just something that you can't duplicate on talking about and saying as compared to actually doing and being there. And um, we'll tap into lots of that mindset and, you know, the stuff that we've worked on with our sports psychologist to help us get through the Scotties and um, keep us performing at our best and, you know, play our game, have lots of fun, stay relaxed. That's when we play our best and just totally enjoy the moment. Our second guest is Marianne Arsenault of Team Nova Scotia, a two-time world champion and a five-time Scotties champion as a member of Colleen Jones' celebrated team from the early 2000s. Arsenault's team reached the semifinal at the 2018 Scotties and will look to perhaps improve on that result this year in Moose Jaw. Marianne, in the provincial finals, you faced someone very familiar to you, uh, Colleen Jones, with whom you've won two worlds and five Scotties. How difficult is it to face someone with whom you've accomplished so much in such an important game? <laughs> Well, it certainly wasn't my most comfortable choice of opponents. Um, I probably would have chosen anybody else in the field to play in the finals, but, uh, you know, you get what you get. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, off we went. Yours is one of the few women's teams from the East Coast that travels out of region several times during the season. You typically play three or so events per season in Ontario. How important is it for your team to get out of the region and play different teams as opposed to those you might see all the time at events in Nova Scotia or New Brunswick? Is it in part to measure yourselves against teams you might end up seeing at an event like the Scotties? 
For sure, that's uh, a big part of it. Um, another part of it is um, we love some of the particular seals in Ontario, uh, especially Kempville. That's my mom's hometown, and so I've got a lot of uh, aunts and uncles and cousins there who, uh, you know, put us up and feed us and give us their car for the week. And um, so, you know, that's certainly one of our favorites. The ice conditions there are amazing. Um, so we like to travel for different competition and better ice conditions. And, you know, the, the whole traveling together, too, is, is a good thing as far as team bonding goes. At the 2018 Scotties, your team started pool play at 1-2, and two, and then you didn't lose another game until the semifinal. You've obviously had many different experiences at the Scotties before, but had you ever experienced a run like that at a Scotties, especially when it wasn't expected from your team the way it was when you played with Colleen? I haven't experienced other runs like that, no. I mean, that one was, that one was pretty special. Um, you know, I think when we were playing back in the old days, um, with what we call the old gals, (laughs) um, we sort of expected to be there at the end, you know, later on, we didn't the first couple of years, but afterwards we did. And, um, you know, I think in 2018, we knew that we had all the shots in us and, you know, we had the dedication and we had done the work, um, but we didn't have delusions of grandeur, you know, knowing that there are teams in the event who get to play on that type of surface every time they go play, um, you know, basically make curling a full-time job. So it's it's hard to think that you can compete with that kind of time dedication. Um, but, you know, we figured try to make the playoffs and see what happens after that. Outside of winning games, obviously, what does your team have to do at this year's Scotties and Moose Jaw to possibly repeat your success from 2018? Um, I think we have to get off to a good start. And by that, I mean not just winning the first couple of games, you know, but playing well the first couple of games and, and making sure we really get to know the ice and, uh, and what's happening there and all the communication that comes with that. So I think if we can start off well, uh, you know, whether we win or lose those first couple of games, then that will transfer to more wins as we go along. Looking at the draw for the Scotties, it appears that your schedule is a little backloaded, meaning you will be playing the higher-seeded teams in your pool towards the end. Would you rather play those teams early on at an event like the Scotties, or do you prefer playing those higher-ranked teams later in the week once you've hopefully found your groove? Well, I think it can go either way. Um, You know, sometimes if you catch the quote-unquote better teams uh, early, then you can catch them before they get in their groove. Um, so if you if you catch onto the ice first, uh, then you can sort of snatch a victory away that way. Um, but then there's also the, the other way that you'd sort of rather play the lower-ranked teams first, knowing that you can sort of get your feet under you a little more slowly. Um, so, you know, I've been at a number of Scotties, as you know, and uh, have played both ways, you know, coming out of the gates against the best and coming out of the gates against the the lower seeds, and, you know, with varying results. So um, I'm, I'm very much a person who is an acceptor and blesser, and so, you know, it's the, you'll get what you get and you'll like it. So uh, this year, you know, we're starting off with 
I believe, the territories and then PEI. And um, those are two really, really good teams, um, you know, just because one's from the territories and one's from a little island of Prince Edward. Um, you can't take away any of their skill. Like, they're both really good teams. So, you know, I think uh, I think we'll probably fare okay um, as far as back and forthing, and, and hopefully it'll come down to the last end, and, um, you know, we'll be able to put some points on the board. And finally, Marianne, by the time this interview is posted online, you will be competing at the Nova Scotia Senior Women's with a team that will be familiar to curling fans around the world. Tell me about getting the band back together and playing with Colleen, Kim, and Nancy again. It's going to be really fun. Um, We start this Friday in Truro. And, um, yeah, when we put this all together again, um, I said I don't care what position I play, you know, we can go back to the old lineup or whatever. I'll play lead, second, third, skip, whatever you want me to play. And so they told me that um, I'm skipping and Kimmy's going to throw third, Colleen's going to throw second, and Nancy's going to throw lead, but then come in the house with me. So I was like, okay, let's do that then. So (laughs) I guess they figure now uh, there's an advantage to being the youngest in the group. Corinne Brown of BC will be making her first college's appearance in Moose Jaw alongside her third, Erin Pincott. The two have been teammates since the age of six, and together they have won titles at the Canadian Juniors and the Canada Winter Games. Corinne, I want to start by taking you back to the BC Provincial Final, a game that was relatively close throughout, but that your team seemed to control until things went sideways a little in the eighth and ninth ends before you rebounded to win the game in an extra. Can you quickly walk us through that Provincial Final, specifically when it got tight at the end there? Yeah, we we had control of the game for most of the game until about the eighth end, and we just had some unfortunate misses that kind of made some shots for the other team and gave up uh, a three spot there. So. We weren't panicking. We were we were only down one at that point. And in the ninth end, we were actually sitting pretty good. I was making a little in off our own rock to lay three, and we probably kind of would have had a really good chance at at least scoring two and probably having a shot for three. Uh, and what what happened? We we don't even know how it still happened. I hit it hit it so thin off the side rock that it picked our own out, leaving them a shot to, to hit and lay three. So going from potentially getting two or three to drawing against three was quite a momentum swing for for us but we kind of just took a deep breath and I was able to hold them to one um, where they had their rock in the fort but was a pretty tough spot to remove there's lots of guards around it so basically I just drew drew to the eight foot uh, to hold them to one which brought us to be down two with playing ten Um, so we just kind of took it as what it was obviously we wanted to be up at that point we had led for most of the game, so it was a bit of new territory. So what did you and the team discuss between the ninth and 10th ends of the provincial final so that you could refocus after the last two ends had gone a little sideways and you not only lost momentum, but also the lead? Was it as simple as taking a deep breath and reminding yourselves that there was still time in the game for the team to come back and win? Yeah, for sure. That's, you kind of just have to regroup. There's no point dwelling on what has happened and, and what could have been because at that point you just have to move on and keep trudging and and kind of uh, attack the task at hand rather than uh, getting being disappointed that you're not up at that point. So, yeah, we, we had a little team huddle, and we, talk, we were able to talk to our coach a little bit just to, to make sure that we were all on the same page and we were ready to go for, for what we need to accomplish. 
Corinne, I realize that you are still relatively young in your curling career, but I'm sure you had been dreaming of qualifying for the Scotties for a long time. Tell me about that moment when you realized you had stolen the point in the extra end of the provincial final and your team was going to the Scotties. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. If you uh, watched the celebration after after we had won, it's a, it's a pretty cool moment because you kind of forget that you're on camera, you forget that you're mic'd, and you just have a really special moment with your team. So I just kept saying, I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of you guys. And, and I genuinely felt that because we've put a lot of work in over the last few years um, to get where we are. And it was nice that it finally paid off. And obviously, it's it's tough watching your opponent have to miss a shot in order for you to win rather than kind of being in control and you having to make one. So it was, it was tough watching that. So just kind of the release after not having to be so anxious watching was also kind of uh, visible in that moment. You and your third, Aaron Pincott, have been curling together for a long time. Tell me how it felt to be able to share that moment with her on the ice. Yeah, Aaron and I have actually played together since we were six years old, all but one year. So I think it's about 17 years now that Aaron and I have played together. Um, so, yeah, that was incredibly special. It was really neat to for her and I just have a quick moment before the rest of the, the team got there just because it's been a long road for Aaron and I. We've been through a lot of ups and downs together, so it was pretty special just to have that quick little moment and and I remember as, as little kids, we would, uh, would always dream of, of representing D.C. And at the time, we would always say, we're going to be the first girls at the Briar um, because we kind of were surrounded by the Briar our whole life with my dad going in 96 and 97 and her grandpa competing at the Briar as well. So we didn't really know too much about the Scotties, but then we then quickly found out that it was the Scotties that we were shooting after. So that soon became the goal. I think it's fair to say that your team had its breakthrough last season, winning some titles on the World Curling Tour and improving significantly in the world rankings. Sometimes it's difficult to follow that up with another strong season because other teams tend to get really focused and amped up to play against teams like yours. How proud are you of the way your team has responded this season, remaining consistent and climbing even further up the rankings? Yeah, um, we were able to um, kind of recognize what worked well for us in the previous season and kind of knew what we needed to work on. Um, and having just a mix of, of different levels of spiels, I think, really helps. Um, having the spiels where you're playing um, those kind of top ten teams, obviously you learn a lot from, from those spiels. You might not necessarily be winning them, like when we went to Saskatchewan and, and places like that, where we're still competitive but not quite at the top there yet. But um, it's really good to have those kind of spiels. And then we were able to go to um, the slam this year, so kind of playing against people that are in and around our caliber. So it was nice to know that we can compete with those people. And then um, playing those BC spiels where we know we're going to be playing the teams um, that we're going to be playing at provincials, and it's always a really good um, tune-up to know how mentally we're going to have to be to compete with these teams and whatnot. So it's it's definitely a difference coming back to BC because um, a lot of the teams here don't necessarily go out and play a lot, but they're always bringing their A game against us, so you can always expect a good game. Whether or not they're highly ranked on, on the system, they always bring their A game against us. What are going to be the keys for your team if you are going to play well at the Scotties, qualify for the championship pool, and perhaps make a run at the playoffs? I think something huge that will be for us would just be, be making those easy shots, making those hit and sticks, making those draw for, draws for extra points, just to do the little things right, and then they'll all compound and, and hopefully win some games. I think that will be really huge. It's just We're not going to be getting many misses from our opponents, so capitalizing when we can when there are the slight misses, if it's a, a half shot here or a little wick and roll here. Um, 
So just making sure that we're capitalizing when we can and making the simple shots, and uh, hopefully it'll compound and uh, win us some games. And finally, Corinne, over the years, I've heard from many different women that the Scotties is a different animal than any other event they have played in. As we've discussed, this will be the first Scotties for the members of your team. So I'm wondering if you've reached out to different folks that have competed at the Scotties in the past to help you prepare as best as you can for what you'll have to deal with once you get to Moose Jaw. Um, yeah, like our, our coach, Allison, has been to two Scotties herself, so she'll be a wealth of knowledge. And we're definitely going to be consulting people who have been there prior just to get an idea of what to expect and the different pressures that we might not necessarily anticipate being new to the event. And, yeah, like I think it'll just be a matter of looking at our schedule and finding times when we can go and enjoy the experience and when times we have to buckle down and make sure we're concentrating on playing. I think it'll just be a matter of scheduling our time well and, finding that balance, relying on experience from from others who have been there prior. If you're looking to buy some new curling equipment, look no further than Hardline. They offer premium curling equipment that is a choice of the world's top curlers. Whether it's the U.S. Olympic gold medalist, Team Schuster, or women's Olympic gold medalist, Sweden's Team Hasselberg. Or how about the top Canadian teams, Briar Champs, Team Cooey, Team Gushu, Team Jacobs, Team Carruthers, and world champions, Team Adine and Team Tiranzoni. Hardline's new composite broom, the Hybrid Helium, is the lightest composite broom on the market and it's perfect for beginners. Hardline also offers a full range of equipment to get you playing your best, including shoes, apparel, and the Pro Slide Delivery Aid designed by Reed Carruthers. Visit their website at www.hardlinecurling.com and join the revolution. Our next guest is Joanne Rizzo, the second for Team Galusha of the Northwest Territories. A veteran of the Ontario curling scene, Rizzo skipped a team at the 2005 Olympic Trials, reached the final of the 2013 Olympic Trials as the third for Sherry Madaw. More recently, she has twice played in the Canadian Senior Championship. Despite all that success, Rizzo will be competing in her first Scotties in Moose Jaw. Joanne, you've had a long and successful curling career, but you'll shortly be heading to your first Scotties. Any butterflies yet, or are you simply excited to get to Moose Jaw and hit the ice? Um, I wouldn't say butterflies. Um, excited to get there and get started, I think, because uh, we were one of the first uh, territories slash provinces to um, play down. So we've been sitting for a while, waiting for everyone else to get their spot. We've been waiting for the draw to come out, so that's out now. So once that came out, it's kind of now it's real. We know who we're playing. We know what pool we're in, um, you know, all that stuff. So well, all the all the excitement that goes with it. You played in well over a dozen provincial championships in Ontario, coming close on a couple of occasions, but never qualifying for the Scotties. At this point in your career, was there a part of you that had made peace with the fact that you might never play in the Scotties? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, uh, there was for sure. And I think um, I reached out to Carrie in the spring, and if it didn't pan out, then I'm not really sure if I would have played uh, competitive ladies. I may have just, uh, because I've played seniors as well, so I may have just stuck with that route and played some mixed doubles. So um, thankfully, um, you know, Carrie needed a player, and I stepped in, and it's all worked out. Joanne, this might sound a little silly, but Carrie Galusha had been to the Scotties 16 times in her career already. Uh, so did the fact that your team was such an overwhelming favorite to win the Northwest Territories playdowns make it a little anticlimactic when you did win to earn that spot in your first Scotties, or did you still have that pinch-me moment? Actually, um, all the girls were nervous. I was more surprised with Carrie being nervous uh, throughout the whole process of the Territorials because, um, you know, I had to kind of take a side glance to say, wow, like, you've done this a million times. But 
she gets up for every game and she's, you know, prepared and she takes the opponent seriously because uh, you have to remember we've had, we had five teams this year, which is kind of record-breaking for theirs. You know, the year previous there was only two. So that in itself was great. And then they introduced the birthright rule, which um, there was a whole team from Edmonton that came uh, and they took advantage of that. They were coached by Don Bartlett. So there was a bit of nerves because it was a little bit of the unknown. We knew that the teams would be, you know, good and they would be prepared as well. So um, the scoreboard doesn't really um, indicate how tough some of the games were. Um, we kept it close for the first half and then, yeah, maybe um, we were able to shake hands early, but we took each game really seriously and the nerves were there. And Yeah. And then we won and then the tears were there, <laughs> mostly for me. Joanne, I'm guessing that you'd played against Carrie a few times uh, during your career, and I also assume that you'd seen her a bunch of times on TV at the uh, Scotties. Uh, but I'm uh, wondering and I'm curious to know uh, what might have surprised you the most about her once you became her teammate, perhaps something that you hadn't really seen or thought about her uh, before you actually saw her up close in practice and during events. Well, not just her, but the whole team, how really professional they are. Um, they've been under the wing of John Epping for a while the last three years, I think, and he's really brought them along, um, doing all the right things, um, you know, making them each person accountable for their role on the team and um, being prepared to play a game. So I found that really refreshing. Uh, so uh, I was able to jump in, like having, you know, done all those things as well. I felt like jumping in there was a good fit for me. And um, even though playing second was going to be a new role for me, I, I, it didn't matter to me at all. I just said, put me in wherever you want. I just, if I can help this team in any way, then I will. So, uh, yeah, I was really impressed with their professionalism. Team Galusha has had a pretty solid uh, season, Joanne. You've played in five events on tour this season, reaching the quarterfinals in Cornwall at the Shorty Jenkins and the semifinal at the Stu Cells in Toronto. You've defeated Jennifer Jones, and you played Team Holman twice and, uh, and and were very competitive against them. How confident is this team heading into Moose Jaw? Uh, we're feeling pretty confident. Like I said, we've been all doing the right things, and uh, we had a few setbacks. Uh, Carrie's been injured, so I had to take over the role of throwing last rock. So once we got all that sorted out and everybody's comfortable with that situation, um, I think it took a little pressure off Carrie. It takes a little pressure off me because she's calling the game. All I have to worry about is throwing the two rocks. I think we're feeling confident going into the Scotties because we're prepared and we've done all the right things and we've played a ton of spiels together and, yeah, we're feeling good. You've been slotted in the pool at this year's Scotties that includes several teams that are tightly bunched in the world rankings. Now, I'm assuming that the main goal for your team is to qualify for the championship round and you should have a real chance of achieving that result this year in Moose Jaw. Does that put any additional pressure on your team? Yeah, well, definitely we've set goals, and uh, there's certain things that we want to achieve uh, from their past performances. They want to better themselves, and last year they were so close. They were one game out of making that championship round, so that's definitely a big goal for us. Whether it's added pressure, like I said, the girls, uh, we've got a pretty good support team. Uh, we've been working with a sports psychologist, and um, John Epping's been helping us, you know, kind of off ice. Uh, so... With all that stuff, I think our heads are on straight that we are taking it one game at a time. And, like, you can't get ahead of yourself or it's, it'll just be destruction along the way. And in our pool, you know, 
the the teams like we we faced Marion Arsenal our first game. So I mean, she's been in the championship round before and and has a solid team and like everybody at the Scotties is a solid team and you can't take anyone for granted. So we just have to keep doing the things that we've been working on all year. And finally, Joanne, what does Team Galusha need to do well in order to have success in Moose Jaw at the 2020 Scotties? Well, I think, like, because we're doing a lot of things right, I think we just have to make sure we don't get ahead of ourselves if we are having success. Make sure we get the rest that we need. Make sure we take advantage of our support staff. And just, I think, keep it simple. Make the easy shots. I mean, it's pretty pretty cliche. Uh, every team will probably say that. But, uh, yeah, just play our game. Uh, play to our strengths and and uh, yeah, not let it get overwhelming. I guess they've been there a lot, so they know the whole routine. Um, they'll be my calming influence. <laughs> our final guest this week is Kerry Anderson of Team Manitoba. Anderson will be competing in her third Scotties, having represented Manitoba in 2016 and winning the wildcard game in 2018. The current Team Anderson lost the wildcard game last year in Sydney, but have otherwise been one of the better teams in the world since the start of last season. Kerry, I want to start by taking you back to the Manitoba Provincial Finals. Uh, the draw to the button uh, through a tight port on tricky ice that you made in the 10th end of that game had the Canadian curling community buzzing. That shot allowed you to steal a point against Jennifer Jones and earned your team a trip to the Scotties as Team Manitoba. Did the situation look as bad to you when you were down in the hack preparing for that shot than it did for those that were watching the game on TV? It wasn't uh, one of our best ends, that's for sure. That's not how we uh, we planned it out to be. But um, we knew we had only one shot and one shot to make, so uh, we had to make it absolutely perfect. I threw it. The sweepers managed it really well down the sheet, and Val called the line really well. So, um yeah, it was a great team shot and uh, to make for all of us. Okay, be honest now, Carrie. When you were sitting quietly at home or wherever you were the next day seeing highlights of that shot on TV, did you think to yourself, yeah, that was pretty good? <laughs> yeah, I get goosebumps when I watch it over again. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, um, I just thrown it on my first, so I knew I'd be really close on my second. Um, uh, both teams kind of struggled with draw weight throughout the game um, in different paths, and so it was uh, nice to really make a clutch draw. So I guess this year you will enjoy watching the wildcard game as opposed to having to play in that game, which is tough on both teams. You were quickly becoming a regular now when having skipped in the wildcard games the first two years, it was in existence. <laughs> well, it's always nice to, to have a second chance, but it's nice to uh, win it first and not have to play in that. It is a big, stressful game. You only get one practice on that sheet, and you're thrown into a game, So, and you have to play well in it. And uh, last year we did, and we didn't play very good and uh, didn't end up coming out of there. So it was nice to be able to wear our Manitoba colors uh, and represent Manitoba. Carrie, in your first season with the current lineup last year, you came out flying. You won several events, fell a little short in the wildcard game at the Scotties, but then you went on to win the Players' Championship. Sometimes, though, the second season can be more difficult for teams that have great success in their first season together. You're not sneaking up on anyone as it were, and teams typically bring their A-plus game each time they play you. How proud are you of the fact that your team has mostly played well and remained consistent for most of your second season together, despite the fact that other teams are gunning for you? Yeah, like we set our standards pretty high last year after winning so many events and doing so well. 
So uh, coming into this year, we're just focused on um, just being more consistent and um, each and every event, which we got off to a really great start. And um, we qualified in events, which maybe we should have been a little further. Um, but um, we started getting better and better. Um, our last event in um, Yorkton, we played really well. And um, we, uh, our last game, we just a um, couple of shots here and there that I'd like to take back. But uh, we took a lot out of that week and brought it to provincials. So uh, our big goal this year was to get to the Scotties. So uh, we have achieved that goal. So what's the mindset for your team heading into the Scotties? Is it playoffs or bust at this point? Or are you more focused on finding your groove early, qualifying for the championship round, and then going from there? Well, we for sure want to just take out. Um, we want to be into the championship round, but we're going to take one game at a time and um, just really focus on and not looking too far ahead. So um, and just focus on being our best and playing our best, like we did at provincials. We knew we had to play really well. Um, we had some big competition, uh, so we're going to have to carry that going forward. And finally, Carrie, your first two opponents in the round robin draw at the Scotties are the two lowest ranked teams in your pool. Would you rather play the other top seeds in your pool early on, or are you comfortable playing some of the lower ranked teams early, giving you a chance to find your groove and perhaps win some games, even if you don't have your A game from the start of the event? I don't think uh, that really matters for us. We just want to um, go out and have a really good game, learn the sheet and learn the pass and um and then carry that going forward into each and every game and getting better and better. We, at Provincials, we started off with a loss and our back was against the wall and we had to really buckle down and play really well. And I think we got to really focus on our first game and just playing well and consistent. And that does it for part one of the From the Hack 2020 Scotties preview. Look for part two of our preview tomorrow, including interviews with Sarah Wilkes of Team Canada, Kendra Lilly third for Team Northern Ontario, Laura Walker, Skip of Team Alberta, and Laurie Eddy making her first Scotties appearance in 23 years as Skip of Team Nunavut. In the meantime, if you haven't done so yet, please follow us on Facebook and on Twitter for all our latest curling content. I'm Frank Rock, and this is From the Hack.